Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on the corn and sunflower harvest. Also, we'll chat with Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Coming up on today's country comment, we'll be joined by the province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is the province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang, to talk about the soybean harvest. You know, I think for the most part, uh, they are in Manitoba. Uh, there is going to be, I, I, there are the odd fields here and there that growers are going to finish up this week. Uh, there is just some late uh, some late fields down south here, I've, I've, I've noticed here at the end of last weekend. Um, but I think probably by the end of this week here, everything should be pretty much wrapped up for soybeans in Manitoba. Give us your overall assessment on the year. Oh, it's been a real interesting year. Um, we started off, uh, you know, I guess back in the springtime, um, lots of discussion about where the acreage were going to be at for this year. Um, I think most of the industry did expect a bit of an increase. And uh, we did we did see that you know we're kind of just in that 1.2 million acre range, so that's up from the million acres that we saw last year uh, planted. Uh, as the season kind of rolled on, you know the uh, dry conditions around the province had a lot of growers concerned, um, and uh, what the yields were going to be like. Now uh, you know moving forward to harvest time, and um, we did see some much better yields than I think what a lot of people were expecting in a number of different areas. Uh, even areas that it seems to be fairly dry, uh, we're still able to get 30 to 35. I've heard as high as 40 to 40 to 50 bushels an acre kind of in, in uh, the areas that got rainfall. But with that being said, there's also some extremely dry regions, um, especially up in that uh, Burnkild uh, area there. Uh, they were there. They were looking at uh, yields in that 15 to 20 bushel range. Uh, just it was just too dry for those regions. But overall quality, I think, was good. Uh, no real issues. I think most of the soybeans made in number two Canada, which is the standard grade for for, uh, for soybeans. And uh, you know, with uh, the prices being what they are today, um, you know, it uh, it helps out quite a bit, I guess, as far as your bottom line. But it. You know, at the end of the day, I think yeah, the areas that got the, the dry conditions would have hoped for maybe one or two more rains through the season to kind of push their yields up a little bit, though. What do farmers need to consider when looking at, um, you know, planting soybeans for next year? Well, I guess the first thing is, uh, you know, if you're soil testing your cereal or canola ground, um, have, a, have a good look at where your nitrogen levels are at. Um, I'm hearing on some of those, some of those fields, uh, and again, because of the dry conditions and the nitrogen not getting used up by the plant, uh, nitrogen levels range anywhere from, you know, 50 pounds all the way up to 140 pounds. Um, the first thing I would, I would kind of look at, if you're up at that upper end, that 140 range, 150 range, um, if you can find an alternative crop to plant, uh, then planting soybeans on that piece of ground, and that's not going to, you know, play havoc with your rotation, that would be your, fir- your first choice. You want to look at something like, you know, corn or wheat or anything, uh, uh, canola, anything that would use higher amounts of nitrogen. Um, however, if you decide that because of rotation, uh, you need to have soybeans on that piece of ground. Um, if you're under 80 pounds, um, or sorry, if you're under 100 pounds of nitrogen, um, I would definitely still inoculate. I would use an on-seed inoculant and uh, also an inferral or granular inoculant. Um, just because that granular inoculant is available later in the growing season, 
where the on-seed inoculant is, is uh, available to the plant early in the growing season. So you want to uh, hedge your bets a little bit by having that dual inoculation. Um, if you're over 100 pounds of nitrogen and you still want to put soybeans on that piece of ground, um, I would still inoculate um, whether the choice is uh, only on-seed inoculant or if uh, you want to go maybe hedge your bets a bit and go with a little bit of granular uh, on there. Um, but the expectation is if you're over, well over 100 pounds, you're not going to see nodulation um, as uh, what, you, what's, what you would if the nitrogen levels are lower. Um, I would also encourage growers, um, if you, uh, you know, keep monitor your crop for next year once it's in the ground, once you get kind of in that uh, R3 uh, or first flowering stage, do a good nodulation check just to see where you're at. Uh, there are some rescue treatments that uh, you can use if you have no nodulation. But I think overall the soybeans still will do well on those higher nitrogen levels. You, it's just that you're not taking advantage of that nitrogen in the same way as you would, you, what you would if you were planting your cereal or canola or corn in there. So that's kind of a word of advice for now. That was the province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The Manitoba Port Council is applauding the provincial government for its work to bring forth assent on Bill 62 and 63. Here's GM Camdahl. These are two pieces of legislation that, that we strongly supported. We're very pleased to see them uh, come into effect and, and be the law in Manitoba. The pieces of legislation uh, really do reinforce the, uh, the need for, for biosecurity and the need to ensure that we're protecting the animals that are, are under our care and that we're not exposing them to, uh, to potential diseases. Manitoba Pork says now that both pieces of legislation have been made law, farmers have been provided with direct assistance to ensure the health and safety of the animals under their care. Farmers are still working on finishing up the corn and sunflower harvests. Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance talked about the impact of the recent rain. It's just really going to affect the ground travel, really. Um, I know some guys are in the field and are able to travel quite well with all their vehicles, so that's good. It'll just take a little bit possibly a little bit more drying power if the moisture is staying in the, in the plants or in the, you know, in the husks of the corn, if they're pointed upwards. Um, the sunflowers might hold it in the heads a little bit more. A drying day like, like Monday here for, with 20 degrees and nice sunshine is, is going to be very beneficial, but it'll just take a little bit more time. The frost will actually probably help a little bit more than the sun at this point, I think. And the Manitoba Crop Alliance has started to issue cash advances on winter wheat and fall rye planted this fall. Darcel Graham is Chief Operating Officer. So under the program, eligible farmers are um, eligible to receive up to a million dollars with the Government of Canada paying the interest on the first 100000 of the advance. So funds can be issued in as quick as three to five days based off of a fully uh, completed application. Manitoba Crop Alliance continues to process applications for the 2021 program year on over 35 crop kinds and honey. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, October 19th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Manitoba Pork says Provincial Bills 62 and 63 are key tools in protecting biosecurity. The group adds, now that both pieces of legislation have been made law, farmers have been provided with direct assistance to ensure the health and safety of the animals under their care. Here's General Manager Cam Dahl. These are two pieces of legislation that, that we strongly supported. And uh, so we're, we're very pleased to see them uh, come into effect and, and be the law in Manitoba. 
the the pieces of legislation uh, really do reinforce the uh, the need for for biosecurity and the need to ensure that that we're protecting the animals that are, are under our care and that we're not exposing them to uh, to potential diseases. Um, you know, there's a lot of focus on on things like African swine fever, but uh, but that's not the only only reason for strong biosecurity. It's uh, it's uh, what we need to do to keep our our animals safe, and uh, this legislation will help us do that. Yeah, and I guess the other part of this is just um, keeping people off property. You know, where they're where they're not supposed to be. Yeah, precisely. Um, so uh, you know, on on the uh, uh, ensuring that that we secure the integrity of, of barns and, and keep the animals safe. And um, we're also also at the same time ensuring that farm families and, and the people that work on farms are, are kept safe as well and, and not, uh, not subject to, to risk uh, or, or danger from, from people who are places where they shouldn't be. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, uh, that security is really important. So, Again, I uh, really do want to uh, congratulate the government of Manitoba for moving ahead. Um, these are important pieces of legislation to keep our, our animals safer and, and to keep farm families safe as well. Talk a little bit more about that biosecurity aspect, what producers are doing to keep things uh, safe. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, most people wouldn't think of it this way, but uh, you actually need to shower before you go into a barn. Um, in in order to to keep uh, keep animals safe and and to keep that biosecurity um, really really in place and and it protects animals from from diseases uh, like African swine fever for example that has is really devastating uh, much of Asia uh, we see what it's doing in in Europe um, and we need to keep those those diseases uh, diseases out or uh, porcine uh, respiratory and, and, and reproductive uh, uh, syndrome PERS, uh, again, a disease that's uh, really causing havoc south of the border in the U.S. Uh, we need to keep that out of Manitoba. Uh, again, we need to keep our animals healthy. And the way you do that is uh, is by really enforcing uh, strong biosecurity. You know, we've learned that over the past three years, two years with COVID, right? Uh, how do you stop uh, a coronavirus from spreading? Well, uh, through really strong biosecurity measures and, and vaccines. And uh, that's, uh, that's what hog producers do as well. Um, and this legislation helps them do that. PED, what's that been like uh, recently? Well, really happy to report uh, that uh, uh, touch wood, we, we, didn't see, uh, we didn't see a lot of PED this, this year. Um, so if if you look at the cycle, uh, it might have been expected to come back this year, but but it hasn't. Uh, so again, that's that's uh, that's due to the the good work that uh, that producers and processors and transporters across Manitoba have done to to get the disease under control. So uh, we haven't seen it. We're still monitoring for it. We're still um, you know doing doing our homework. But fortunately, it it really didn't show up this year. That was Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Agriculture in the Classroom Canada has launched a teaching guide with interactive resources for Guardians of the Grasslands, a documentary that explores the role that cattle play in the survival of Canada's vanishing grasslands ecosystem. Melissa Gallet is Education Specialist with Agriculture in the Classroom. Guardians of the Grasslands um, obviously is a wonderful documentary that explores, you know, um, obviously the current state of one of the most endangered ecosystems 
and, and the role that cattle play um, in that ecosystem, which is the grasslands. And it's an amazing documentary. It's, it's 12 minutes long, so it's a really great size um, and length for students to consume that information. Um, and we just knew that we needed a resource to complement it so that students and teachers could use it in the classroom. Talk a little bit more about how this will um, be integrated into, into the classroom. The resource we've created that we're launching today is aimed at grades 7 to 12 students. Uh, and it obviously connects to the curriculum in each of our in each of the provinces. Um, but it's through pre and post viewing questions. Um, there's a few extension activities, and then there's also a really fun build your own board game activity, which is research focused that gets students to research, um, you know, different native species in the grasslands to connect to the content that way as well. Guardians of the Grasslands in the classroom wouldn't be possible without the support of the Canadian Cattlemen's Foundation. Uh, so we worked really closely with them on the development of the resource itself and just really exciting um, to have a resource in classrooms for teachers and students to be able to watch that documentary. During a time where, I guess, in-person visits are, are limited at this point, how important is it to have resources like this to, to bring into the classrooms? Very important, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's been a, a different year, to say the least, um, for the last few school years, but... We're really excited that we can have these um, offerings and opportunities for teachers and students. It's, it's a free resource. It's available on our website, and it's connected to curriculum. And so it's a really great way for teachers and students to explore um, the grasslands across the prairies and, and, you know, what role that plays in, through biodiversity and soil health, um, the topic of climate change, land management. Melissa, any other um, programs or activities that you guys are focusing on right now? or? Yeah, we've got a really exciting uh, career month coming up in November. So November is Canada Careers Month. And so uh, you'll be able to check out a lot of our Think Ag, which is our career initiative, just getting folks um, excited about the opportunities that are available to them in the agriculture and food industry. So you can keep an eye out for that in November. If you want to access the resource, you can visit our website, AITC-Canada.ca. Um, and it's under the Four Teachers section. You'll be able to find the Guardians of the Grasslands in the classroom resource. That was Melissa Galay, Education Specialist with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada, talking about the Guardians of the Grasslands documentary. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings get underway online tonight. You can go to their website for details. The CAP Fall Advisory Council meeting takes place via Zoom tomorrow starting at 9 a.m. Go to the CAP website to register. Egg in Motion presents a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, joining us now is Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to give us an update on the sunflower and corn harvest. I think there's actually still a fair bit to get done. The numbers weren't as high last week when I spoke with you as I thought they were, so that leaves us left with a lot more in the field. Um, and obviously harvest has been stopped since Thursday, Wednesday, I think. So not too much will have gotten done. We still, I think, are at an estimate about halfway done corn, maybe in the province. Um, and some flowers will be a little bit better than that uh, for total acres. But still got lots left to do. Talk a little bit about the, the rain we got here and how that's going to stall things. Yeah, it's just really going to affect the ground travel, really. Um, I know some guys are in the field already today and are able to travel 
quite well with all their vehicles, so that's good. Um, it'll just take a little bit, possibly a little bit more drying power if the moisture is staying in the in the plants or in the you know in the husks of the corn if they're pointed upwards. Um, the sunflowers might hold it in the heads a little bit more. So um, drying day like like Monday here for with 20 degrees and nice sunshine is is going to be very beneficial, but it'll just take a little bit more time. The frost will actually probably help a little bit more than the sun at this point, I think. And we've, you know, talked about yields before, but um, what have you been hearing, I guess, lately on, on what kind of yields are coming off? Still very variable. Um, with the, with corn, um, you know, guys that are going from one field and maybe they're getting 80 or so in the next field, they're getting 180. Like there's big variances in um, over the farm from field to field. So, it, I don't know what the average will be this year. It'll be quite a, a guess, I think, and I don't think it'll be a very accurate or representative number for the whole season's harvest. Um, and sunflowers have been sounding quite great for yields, um, not records, but still really great numbers and absolutely nothing to complain about for a year that we just went through. For timing, you know, are things pretty much, you know, on track here? I think we're probably pretty close to on track for mid October, we're probably still a little bit ahead of the game um, because just the way the weather looks, it looks like we should be able to have most of harvest wrapped up before the end of the month, fingers crossed. So I'd say we're ahead of the game, but not too far. Anything else to highlight here this week? or Only if some um, producers are getting those really high yields to enter our corn competition because it's a little bit slimmer than it, it normally is because of yields. So I'm looking for <laughs> corn producers with good yields. That was Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Pork says bills 62 and 63 are key tools in protecting biosecurity. The group adds now that both pieces of legislation have been made law, farmers have been provided with direct assistance to ensure the health and safety of the animals under their care. Here's GM Cam Dahl. You know, there's a lot of focus on, on things like African swine fever, but that's not the only only reason for strong biosecurity. It's uh, what we need to do to keep our, our animals safe, and uh, this legislation will help us do that. The recent rain has slowed down the corn and sunflower harvest. Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance talked about yields. Still very variable with corn. You know, guys that are going from one field and maybe they're getting 80 or so in the next field, they're getting 180. Like there's big variances in over the farm from field to field. So I don't know what the average will be this year. It'll be quite a, a guess, I think. And I don't think it'll be a very accurate or representative number for the whole season's harvest. Sunflowers have been sounding quite great for yields, um, not records, but still really great numbers and absolutely nothing to complain about for a year that we just went through. And farmers can now receive cash advances from the Manitoba Crop Alliance on winter wheat and fall rye planted this fall. Under the program, approved farmers are eligible for up to a million dollars with the Government of Canada paying the interest on the first $100,000 of the advance. MCA also continues to process applications for the 2021 program year on over 35 crop kinds and honey. Darcel Graham is Chief Operating Officer. At this 
present time, we're advancing on the 2021 crop. Uh, so if uh, producers are looking to get a cash advance on their uh, production uh, that's in the bin, they can still do that. Right now, we're announcing on the winter wheat and fall rye that's been planted in 2021. And then come April, uh, we'll be uh, releasing information about the 2022 crop year. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown Livingston. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.